Our scriptures will be read from the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 5, verses 12 through Hebrews 6, 6. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through chapter 6, 6. And this is the King James Version. For though this time, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who, by reason of use, use their senses or have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God, and have put him to an open shame. The sobering passage to consider, to reflect upon for a child of God. But as we were discussing in the auditorium class this morning, out of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we can also remember what God has provided for us. It is of a tremendous help to us in a life that we live. So we do have this heavenly love abiding in us to help us through the life that we live here and the trials and the tribulations that indeed we have to, to face. And sometimes that's how we see them, but sometimes it's a part of our growing and being as God would have us to be. God has a reason and a purpose that we may not fully understand in the life that we live. A friend of mine has sent a video to me And it shows a duck that has up in a tree, in the hollow of a tree. Uh, She pokes her head out and comes out and she flies down to the ground. And while she's on the ground, then you can hear her squawking for her children. And one by one, the little ducklings would pop out of the nest and look and see where Mama was. And Mama would call them and they'd look. 
and then finally they would take off. But the wings are not developed, and they'd kind of float and tumble down, and they bounced in the leaves and bounced around a little while, and then they got up. And now, one by one, the other ones would look, you know, and they just finally, they, finally they all jumped out. They all landed on the ground and bounced around in the leaves and got all got up, and then they all took off following Mama down the road. Life's not always pleasant, but it's part of a growth process. It's what the Hebrew writer is trying to tell the people of his days. You need to grow. And some of us are like, I will say periodically in my life, it says, I'm a Toys R Us kid. I just never grown up. I never had to worry about my second childhood and never got out of the first one. Uh, <clears throat> years do not make for maturity. It's exercise. Physically, in the physical life, and it's exercise spiritually in the spiritual life that we live. There were some who had become dull of hearing. They were hearing, but they were really not perceiving or wanting to understand what was involved. There are times when we anticipate growth. There are times when we want to grow. And then as we do, then we also realize there are times when it was a lot better when we hadn't grown. At least we think that's the case. And we struggle through this. But there's a time when we ought to be teachers. There's a growth process that is indeed involved. And we always want to think, or it seems at times we want to think that I haven't yet reached that point where I need to be the teacher. And I forget that in the physical life, that is not the case. In the physical life, we teach at every age we're at. We're always trying to teach someone else who is younger than us, trying to show them the ropes. I understand sometimes we show them the ropes to get them into mischief. Uh, but we are always teaching whatever age we are. And there's a time spiritually that we teach. We may not have it all down, but we can teach. Song goes sometimes, you cannot sing like angels. If you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus and tell that he died for all. Variations of that, of course, but it's simply the fact that we have in our mind what we think when we hear the word teacher. And we want to say in our mind, we are not there yet. But there's a time when we ought to be. And it's usually a lot sooner than we might want it to be in our life. It's a natural flow of things. Everything produces. There's a purpose behind it all. And for us, again, in the physical realm, we understand that you grow, you learn, you teach all the way up through life. And a lot of things that you learn as a young person, sometimes you get to make the adjustment along the way, find out that it was not exactly that way. So we learn and we teach. We need to re be reminded as well as we are doing this of what God has given to us. Again, for those that are in the adult class and would go back and look in 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 4. 
For those of you that were not, you get to read 1 Peter 1, verses 1 through 4. Look at what he's saying there. And then we'll go into the Christian graces next, what we call the Christian graces. But there's a time when you need to be sharing and a time when someone needs to teach you again. We always want to say, well, I, don't, I do not know enough. Oh, yes, you do. You know more than you think you do. It may be nothing more than the understanding that there's a time in your life when you understood you were lost and you needed salvation. You know that. You can teach that. Then you learn along the way. And we make corrections along the way. We get to do this all of our life. Learn and grow and change and modify and correct what the scriptures show us. It's what the scriptures describe to us. Why they were written. They were written to Christians who were struggling to do what was right. Sometimes not doing very well at it. Again, read uh, Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Look at the seven churches of Asia. It's amazing again to, to read what was going on in those congregations and the challenges that were given to them, again, to turn to God and to do that which was right. There are some things we need to learn along the way. There are some things that are milk and, again, indeed, not solid food. And that's the Word of God. Those children, as they learn in classes, they can read and quote to you sometimes John 3.16. They know what it says, but they really do not understand the depth of what it says. So it's milk for them, but also it's meat for us. The older we become in Christ, and, and as we grow in maturity, you read John 3.16 and you see a totally different picture now. You have a better understanding, not a full understanding, you have a better understanding of what it means when it says, God so loved the world. You catch a glimpse of the depths of his love. Because you look at humanity from Adam and Eve down through us until the end of time. And all of our imperfections, of all of our weaknesses, all of our shortcomings, God still loved us enough to give Jesus to die for our sins. What that means to us takes on a deeper meaning. The Word of God is milk and it is meat. Depends on where you're at. But there's a time when you need to grow. I may mention before at times of an individual who's always saying, well, I'm still a babe in Christ. And finally her 35-year-old son says, Mother, get over it. You've been a Christian long enough. You're not a babe in Christ. Grow up. Sometimes it's hard to grow up because with growth, comes obligation, responsibility. But as I read God's Word, particularly again over in 2 Peter 1, 1 through 4, oh, wow. God has granted to us His precious promises. 
and given us his power and his wisdom so that we might be who we ought to be. It's him working in us. It's him working through us that enables us to be where we are. And it's our fear, as oftentimes is, of the unknown. It's our fear of what we perceive that is out there and our fear of what we perceive might happen to us without the trust that we need to have in God. Milk of the word is Jesus, what he did here on the earth. The meat of the word is Jesus in heaven. And what is he doing for you while he's in heaven? The change. We look at the one because we can, we can constantly read about his life here on the earth and the things that he did. But when we begin to catch a glimpse of Jesus in heaven, when we can begin to catch that glimpse of his being our intercessor, our being our advocate, of his pleading our case before the Father, through the blood that he shed on that cross, the confidence that he has in us, that God has in us as his children, that Jesus has in us as a brother, that you can do it. In the physical realm, as families grow, we have no doubt about who we are, no doubt about to whom we belong to each other. And we have confidence and assurances there. We make mistakes up and down the line. Sometimes we acknowledge them, sometimes we don't. And then sometimes later on we find out that our parents knew a lot more about what we were doing than we realized. But they loved us. They did what was best. Ours is to understand God is doing what is best for us. We may not understand why. We may not understand how. We may want to have preferred a different way of God instructing us, encouraging us, challenging us to grow. But God knows what is best. And the things that we go through are not simply happenstance. There's a purpose for it, reason behind it, something in there for us to grow or to learn from. Sometimes it may not be anything more than our learning to realize the lack of understanding that we have. Or our learning the, the brevity of life. of our learning how little control we have over anything, of our learning how much we are absolutely dependent upon the God of the universe who is also our Father. The depths of his love for us. That's why he took the time and his wisdom to have the men of old choose 
to write down the words that were given to them or for them to have been given the words to write down so that we could have a record. It's more than just history. As you read from Genesis through Revelation, do you catch God in humanity? The depths of God's love for humanity, the long-suffering of God's love for humanity, and God's desire that humanity would find salvation through Jesus Christ. And then once that's been found, the depths of God's love and working with us as his children so that indeed we may grow. It's always easier not to want to grow. And every time we grow, there's a struggle that is involved. It matters not what it is. If you have an exercise in a while and you decide you need to get into better shape and you start exercising, it doesn't take long for you to realize you're a little bit out of shape. And it hurts when you begin to push yourself. But when you stay with it and persevere through it, you find yourself better. That way spiritually. Spiritually we are to grow. We are to develop. And at times it is painful. And I've greatly appreciated the the men of the congregation and their willingness to take a part, an active part in the, in the worship service, if you will, and to hear your comments afterwards. Yes, your knees knock. Yes, words are said that you really didn't realize that you said and you're nervous. That's called growth. You learn and you grow. And you have butterflies in your stomach, and I tell you, the butterflies are still there. You just learn to get into flying formation a little bit. So it's not quite as bad as it's all fluttering around in there. But that's part of life. God gave us his word so that we could grow. And he's right in here that says there's a time when you need to have been growing. And a time when you need to be partaking of some solid food. Some times when you need to be learning, <coughs> excuse me, in your life, as well as others you may be working with, that meat that's a little hard at times. The lessons that are difficult, but the lessons that when you partake of them, make you stronger. And it's a growth process. And you have to learn the growth process along the way. When to feed the meat to the, to the child as they're growing and when you have to learn to be patient and allow them that time to grow. For those who partake only of the milk are unskilled in the word of righteousness, which says there's a skill. You can read it. And as we've talked about at times in life, for those that are older in the faith, there are, there are verses that you have read for years. 
and you believe that you've understood them. Or then comes a time when you look at it again and you say, whoa, I haven't seen that before. Why haven't I? Because you have not grown to that point before. You go through it through, you go, you grow to it through the experiences that you encounter in life, dealing with situations, dealing with trials and tribulations, dealing with setbacks, dealing with disappointments, but spending that time in understanding it's God working in you that enables you to grow. It's partaking of that food of His Word and meditating on it. Why the Scriptures tell us over and over again, meditate on His Word. His Word is my meditation all the day long. I know it's a challenge, but again, read Psalm 119. And notice again that relationship between the child of God and the Word of God. Almost every verse in Psalm 119 will deal with the Word of God and what it means in the life of a Christian. And all that takes time. All that takes determination. But all that takes a belief that you believe that the end result is worth the effort that you're putting forth to learn His Word. You believe that the more that you grow in Christ Jesus, the more that you grow in God, the more that you understand His nature and what it is He wants in your life, the better you will be. And the better able you will be in helping another to see the same thing within their life. But again, we have to put forth that effort within our life to do the things that God would have us to, to do that we may be the people that He would want us to be. Paul would remind the Ephesians in the fourth chapter in verse 14. He says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. We're to grow, not to be the children any longer, to be caught up, tossed to and fro. It's amazing, I was talking earlier about my needing to go through files that I have that I've collected down through the years. And I was going through some of those, and some of those I had a file that was about that thick of papers, dealing with struggles that, were going, that the church was going through at a particular time. And guess what? The church went through that struggle. And that stack of papers now has no value. There are new battles that we're facing. And we get to work with those. But I'm just saying we learn along the way that things that we struggled with, we've learned and grown and we've dealt with, and they've gone by the wayside. You're not tossed to and fro. Those things come down the pike all the time. It's never, it's always been. It started in the Garden of Eden. What voice are you going to hear? When you make your conviction of what voice you're going to hear, it solves a lot of problems. God is true. 
His word is true. It does not alter. It's not, it is not changed. If I stay with God in his word, I'll be where I need to be. The trials are going to come. You go through those. The battles that are going to come that catch people's attention. We always have new fads and, tra- and traditions or changes that come down the pike. You need to be doing this if you want to grow. You need to be doing that if you want to grow. Those things will come and go. Everything will come and go. Methods of teaching will come and go. But the Word of God will always be there. We need to be firmly taught or grounded in His Word. We need to grow and have an understanding to be able to discern good and evil. We live a life so many times as babes in Christ or as young people in Christ. I want the wording in there that says thou shall do this or thou shall not do that. I want it specified in black and white. Rather than learning, listen, you can tell there are some things that are good and some things that are not. The world tells you that. Sometimes the world tells you that very tragically. I had not heard the circumstance with the death of the young girl. Tragic lesson. But how many times do you see that taking place? You ever been at a traffic light and the light turns green and the car in front of you doesn't move? Why? Send in a text. I'm simply saying we learn along the way. We can tell the things that are good and bad. The world tells you that. The world wants to tell you the pleasures of sin. The Bible tells you the pleasures of sin are but for a season. They're not lasting. If you do not believe that, just look at the world. Just look what the world says is pleasing. Look at what the world is trying to do and change. How many states now are passing laws that say it's, it's now legal to smoke marijuana? without ever looking at the consequences. Let's look around and see. Everything that we said, oh, this is okay, don't worry about it. And every day you read the consequences of somebody who didn't pay attention to that. There's a problem. But if you're wanting to serve God, if you're wanting to be found pleasing in the eyes of God, some of those choices are already made. They're already made. I do not want to go down that road. That word isn't even tempting any longer. I have no desire to go down that road because I've already seen the end result. I know where it leads to. Why would I want to go down that? Why would I want to say, well, you know, maybe I can dabble just a little. It's not going to hurt me just to do that every once in a while. And never look at the end result. Again, the world shows you the end result. How many institutions, how many facilities are out there 
that are built, staffed, and manned for no other purpose than to deal with man's stupidity. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I'm caught up on gambling. And so you have all of these institutions out there designed specifically to address those needs. You already know there's a problem. A Christian says, I can make that choice. I don't have to have, thou shall not do this. You can discern good and evil. And as you grow, you make finer distinctions along the way. Solid food belongs to those who, by, uh, who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use, use your mind, use what God has given to you. You're able to, to have your senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You exercise and you're learning along the way you see. We live in a different world. It doesn't take long. We've talked about it sometime before, you know, when the movie, I just read about it, when the movie Gone When the Wind came out, the one bad word in it, and how it was boycotted because of that one word in the whole movie. And that word wouldn't even raise an eyebrow today. What is shown on public TV is astounding, shocking, and we all tolerate it. Somebody go to a movie and watch a movie and come out and say, well, it was a pretty good movie. It had a few bad words in it. Sometimes they don't realize how many bad words that had in it and do not realize how explicit it was in parts. We're God's people. God wants us. God desires us to be with him in heaven to such a degree that he has gone to the extremes that he has, the sending of his only son to die for our sins so that we one day could be with him eternally. That's how much God cares. How much do we care for what God has done? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood has been given. The atonement has been made. The only question is, is will we have it applied to our life? If we have not had it applied, we're still in our sins. We need to repent of those.
If we are his child and let the world begin to influence again, we need to have that blood applied. We need to come home. God is a loving God, a patient God, a forgiving God. One day, he will be the just God and the righteous judge. For the blood of Jesus have covered your sin. If you look at your life and if you sing that invitation song, if you're not where you need to be, if we could assist you, if we could help you in that decision, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.